Blog Talk Radio. Mr. Pop. Opinions of this show do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of this network and its affiliates. November 21st, 2018, and we are one day away, actually a few hours away from celebrating Thanksgiving. Um, So let us be the first to wish uh, all of you listening right now a happy and healthy Thanksgiving. Hope you are enjoying it with uh, family and friends and And uh, and doing doing your doing your traditions. Uh, and as you know, we come on every Wednesday, so this is no no exception for us. Right here on the Radio AFS Network, uh, broadcasting via Blog Talk Radio. We are also um, syndicated on the Arena Sports Network. However you may be listening, we wish you and yours a very 
happy and healthy uh, holiday weekend. Um, but let me start the show. I'm going to start where I left off uh, last week's episode. Um, for those of you that may not have listened to it, um, all of our shows are available. Go to Blog Talk Radio, uh, type in Fit Down Sports Show. All our shows will come up. Um, you can also type in Radio AFS. You'll find all the Radio AFS shows there. Um, so, you know, you can listen to back episodes as podcasts. Um, you can find out when, when the next live show is um, and all that kind of stuff. So, um, but if you want to just find this show, uh, you know, that's one way to do it. The easiest way to do it is go to Facebook, log in, and just search for Fifth Down Sports Show. We will pop up, um, and all of our shows are cataloged there. Uh, all you got to do is scroll through them. You, uh, they're all linked right to the uh, player, so you click the link. The player will open up, and you'll be ready to go. Um, while you're there, give us a like on our page. You know, the more likes we get, the more things that we can do. So um, not only like our page, but spread us around um, to your friends. And, you know, we're working on things for we're working on things for the off season, like giveaways and, um, you know, remote spots and doing live shows and doing all these other things. And, you know, if we get enough enough of a following, not only through the show, but, you know, the things that we could see, like, on Facebook, how it tracks how many people are liking our show, if we can get enough people, we can start to uh, do some of these kinds of things. So um, just a little bit of uh, housekeeping there. But I want to start, like I said, where I left off last week, where I was talking about if you're in the Connecticut area, if 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 you're in this part of the country and you know you got nothing to do on Thanksgiving morning, um, you know all you got to do is put the turkey in, or you know your uh, you know whoever's cooking for you know whoever's doing the cooking, they're running the kitchen. You don't want to get in their way. You don't want to be yeah, uh, you know, you don't want to be in with them. Feel free to head on down to Guilford High School if you're if you're in Guilford. I know I've got a lot of Guilford people around. If you're in the Branford, Guilford, Madison area, you know, and you want to play, you want to play some football. We are going to be having a game uh, at Guilford High School, obviously tomorrow morning, uh, nine o'clock. We usually. Uh, we usually say nine o'clock start time. Um, that's usually the gathering time. Usually about nine thirty, we everybody starts rolling in, um, getting ready to go, and then we pick teams. And it's just a backyard game. Um, use, uh, this is this is the as it's been stated. It, this is the seventh annual game. It's the seventh annual one that we have actually like tried to promote and put together, but we've been doing this for, God, it's going on about, I would say, at least, at least 15 years now, uh, 
some of us have been doing it. I know Joey, Cashin, Hutch. Uh, we've been we've been doing this for about 15 years now. It's you know it, it's it's a lot of fun. But this year has an added bonus. Um, I told the story last uh, in the last episode. We um, unfortunately our group uh, we lost we lost a friend, a brother, and a son. Um, and our and my buddy Tom Capone. Um, so we have um, named the game. We we have since Tom, Tommy's also been one of the guys who you know has always been involved in the game, always played no matter what uh, no matter what was uh, happening. Whether whether he had a I remember one time he played with a cast on his wrist, um, you know, and we made him play and all that stuff. So, um, in honor of Tommy, we have n- renamed the game, the Tom Capone classic. Um, that's, uh, that's going on. And also, um, with the game, um, if you want to come and play, um, we, we also have started a foundation with the, it, coinciding with the Guilford High School football uh, program where we'll be setting up a scholarship in Tom's name and you can donate to that um, on our Facebook page. We have um, we have all the information of how to donate to that. Um, my boy Ryan takes care of all that. So if um, you want to get – if you want to find out more um, – you can either message me on Facebook or you can message the show page on Facebook and I will definitely direct you to how to uh get that going. But um you know we that's what we do. Um and of course if you just wanna you know, want something to do, wanna wanna play and mess around with the guys, throw the football around a little bit. Um you're more than well Anyone is more than welcome to come with we take we take every everybody. Um we'll find a spot for you. We'll make we'll make sure it's a good time and uh you know, we'll we'll see how it goes tomorrow morning. But that's um so that that's that's just a little bit about that event. It'll be a fun time. Of course of course I'll be there and I will be uh you know, doing some promos from the game and getting some of the guys uh getting some of the guys uh you know thoughts and uh you know some some live uh some live video from from the game so uh we'll try to spice it up this year do do a little bit of fun stuff and um you know again it's always it it's it's just a fun time and to this year um this year it has extra meaning because of the situation with tommy and uh you know again we send our uh thoughts out to the capone family um and uh I, I I hope I hope coach I hope coach is gonna be there. He always shows up. So it's always fun to see him and uh you know we'll uh we'll take care of that um tomorrow. But you know, we we wish the family the best. We know holidays are tough when you uh when you lose a family member, you know, holiday holidays are tough and uh hopefully this will be just one way of uh kinda easy easing Easing the memories and uh, making making it a fun making it a fun event. So, um, 
that's where we'll begin. That's where we begin today, and we we got a lot going on. Of course, this is the day before Thanksgiving, so um, if you're out there listening and you're listening to the show live, you want to get in touch with the show, talk some uh, talk some sports with us. Uh, of course, you're always welcome to call. The number is six four six 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 eight eight four six seven. We're gonna be we're gonna be talking a lot of a lot of NFL today to do. Uh, I've told you, you know, we're gonna focus on what we learn about the NFL um, all the weeks. But now that we're at Thanksgiving, we're gonna start looking at the um, playoff push. So we're gonna get into that when we do NFL. We're gonna get into uh, we're gonna get into the college football. We got uh, rivalry weekend coming up. Uh, big games. In all the conferences, we'll break down the biggest games. We'll break down everything that matters. And what we're going to do this week, instead of doing winners and losers, what we're going to do is we're going to do the top ten rankings. We're going to take the rankings, and what we're going to do is go through all the teams that have a path to the college football playoff, and um, we'll, we'll we'll tell you what that path is. Um, and we'll go through, um, you know, we'll go through the current rankings as they are. We'll, we'll tell you. Obviously, I'll give you, I'll give you how they stack up with my personal rankings, um, and we will, uh, we'll go from there, and we'll, we'll see where that takes us. And if we have, if we have time, we'll set you up for all the football this weekend. We'll set you up for all the big college games with our, with our picks. And our analysis, um, just an update, and and you know we'll do we'll do all the, we'll we'll pick all the games on Thanksgiving. Obviously, all three of the Thanksgiving games we'll pick uh, every NFL game that's spread out through the weekend. So um, a lot to do, a lot to do, and I, I don't imagine we're going to get a lot of calls because it is the night before Thanksgiving. Uh, people are usually out with their families or out with friends, or you know, it's a, it's apparent. A, a, one, I know a few years back, I read a study that said this was the biggest bar night. Um, so everybody tends to go out, and usually people are coming back home, and you know, they want to see all their friends. Where can they get together? Well, let's go to a bar. So. You know um, that 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 is taking place. So um, this is kind of your this is kind of your opportunity. If you want if you want to break in and 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 talk sports, we don't have much going on. So if you call in, we'll take you. If not, you know we understand. We'll we'll do we'll do the show how we do it, and uh, we'll finish up and we'll see how long it takes. So. That's the way. That's the rundown of the show. Um, but let's start. I'm going to start the show with Monday Night Football. How awesome was Monday Night Football? It was. It was an amazing game. I mean, you think about this game, and I was thinking about it earlier. Earlier today, I was I was thinking about you know how I was going to present this game because. Um, I've got some thoughts I'm going to get into in a minute, but on how this game was covered by the media at large. And 
uh, I've got some thoughts and some things that uh, some things that that need some clearing up. But um, as far as this game goes, I mean, this game was fifty-four to fifty-one. A 54-51 game, and if you think about it, I mean, the the Chiefs turned the ball over four, turned the ball over five times. The Rams turned the ball over three times. You think about that. I mean, those are possessions they gave away. If they didn't give those possessions away, how much more points could this could they have scored? And you know, this this was a game that was just it was up and down the field. It what it reminded me of, um, it reminded me of the Clemson Alabama national championship game a few years a uh, few years ago when when Deshaun Watson um, when Deshaun Watson and Jalen Hurts were going back and forth, back and forth, and you know that game. That game didn't get up into the uh, into the, the the scores of this game, so it wasn't that kind of scoring. But if you remember that game, and we uh, we here we focus on a lot of the college football. Um, if you remember that game, that game was close. Was low scoring going into the fourth quarter, and then all of a sudden the teams just exploded. O.J. Howard was making big plays. Um, Jalen Hurts was making big runs. Deshaun Watson was finding Mike Williams. It, and it, they were just going up and down the field. That was kind of the feeling that I got watching that Rams-Chiefs game was just they were just going up and down the field. And um, a lot of things about this game, we're, we're going to break a lot of this game down because I think this game is important to the story of the NFL um, in how the game is played and um, what we were watching. But it, it just reminded me of that kind of performance. It was that kind of game where you were on the edge of your seat the entire game. You knew somebody was going to make a play. Somebody was going to make make a spectacular catch or make a catch and run. And it was it was just a fantastic game. So, uh, we're we're going to get into it a little bit right now, but what I want to start with in this game is the fact that I'm going to start with what this, how this game was presented, and the aftermath of this game. Again, great game. We talked about it. Fifty four, fifty one. This was the media dream. This was the media's dream. You know, they love offense. The the media at large, they love the offense. They love just seeing the offense. They love seeing the ball spread around all the time and chucked around the yard. But everybody was coming out. And it's weird how this happens. This happens all the time. It happens in all forms of the media. It happens in politics. It happens in um, the the cable news coverage. You'll see a lot of the people that come on come on and give opinions and give and you know are supposed to give analysis. 
you'll see a lot of the same things said. And if you watched a lot of the shows, if you watched First Take, if you watched Undisputed, if you watched Speak for Yourself, you know, all these opinion shows that people had. If you watched the Colin Coward program, if you um if you watched NFL Live, if you watched Sports Center, all the breakdowns of this game were this is the future of the NFL. This is the future. 54-51 games are the future of the NFL. Let me. I, 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 I sent this out on Facebook, and we had a we had a nice discussion. There were, you know, we had a good discussion with some people about this. That line is a tagline, and it is not true. It is not true at all. This is not the future of the NFL. This is the present of the NFL. That's how the NFL is going to be for right now and maybe for the next couple weeks till we get down to the playoffs. When we get to the playoffs, you're not going to see 54-51 games in the playoffs. That, that's not going to happen, okay? The NFL has a, does, has a track record of correcting itself. And in the last few years, the NFL has been gearing towards offenses. Offenses are on, are, have been on the rise, on the rise, on the rise. Then somebody comes along and figures out what to, de- what to do defensively. Somebody comes up with a scheme, and, we, and you start seeing teams mirror it, and they fig- defensive minds figure it out. We talked last week. Um, I had, I had uh, Niners faithful on because we were talking about the defensive coordinator position in San Francisco, and we were talking about how defensive coordinators react. Defensive coordinators react to this stuff. They watch the film. They figure things out. They get different schemes that will figure it out. Somebody will come up with a plan that will, that will figure this out and make this a, you know, they, 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 they won't, we won't be seeing this. We'll, we'll see games probably in the 30s and, and back to the 30s and that kind of stuff. This was a game where it was just exceptional offense and limited defense. And I was talking, a buddy of mine on Facebook came out and said, you know, this wasn't inept defense. I said it was inept defense, but what I really meant is it was just ill-equipped defense. And, and we got to talking, and he made some good points um, about the defense, and I had to agree with him. Look, he just made my point. The game was not won because the Rams scored. The game was won because the Rams pressured the quarterback, made a play, and forced an interception. Defense is what won the game. Defense is what sealed they sealed the game. That's what's going to happen. The defenses are going to correct themselves. Um, as far as what we had, um, you can go back and just because it's the Rams, it reminds you. It, it it this just reminds you of the situation when we had the greatest show on turf. What stopped the greatest show on turf? The Patriots played a certain style of defense that negated what the greatest show on turf could do. And and that's what happened in the Super Bowl. Patriots were able to overcome it. We all know it. We all know the legend of Tom Brady. Um, 
began with that Super Bowl run. So it will come down. This is not the future of the NFL. This is not going to be how the NFL is going to be um, presented for – it'll be presented for, for a while. Offenses are always ahead of the defense, but the defense will catch up. It will happen. Um, we'll make – you know, it, it, they'll make the adjustments. It will, it will happen, okay? So um, let's, let's get that straightened out. Um, the people that are telling you this is the future, a lot of those people want that to be the future. They don't want defense. They don't want to see defense against. I heard a lot of people say, oh, would you rather have seen a 10-10 game or, you know, I don't mind a low-scoring game. I don't mind a low-scoring game when the defense makes plays. When the defense is making plays, that's fine. The same way I'm okay with this game. You know, I'm a defensive-minded person. I, I'm, I'm, I would rather, when I was coaching, I would rather coach defense than coach offense. That's just, that's just my makeup. I'm, I'm a defensive guy. I love a defensive game. However, I can appreciate this kind of a game, the 54-51. I can appreciate that because it was good offense. It was exceptional offense that, that was, that was making, that was ruining the day. You know, they, they, they were making their, their plays. They were making plays. They were doing all, all the different things that the Chiefs do. I love the Chiefs' offense. So I loved what they were doing offensively. I loved what Sean McVay was doing to combat that. I, I would have liked to see Sean McVay run the ball a little bit more with Todd Gurley, but, you know, you can't argue with the fact that they won the game. So uh, we, we can go, go about that. But, um, you know, I I I can get as much I can get as excited in a I can get excited in a three three game I can get excited in a game that is an exchange of field goals if it's defense played right if it's offense making mistakes and you know not capitalizing on certain things or you know it, it it's the same way if if this was just a defensive blowout where if this was just a, a defensive mistakes all over the field, it wouldn't have been as good of a game. This was a game that was played well on both sides, and that's hard to say that, oh, they gave up 54 points. Yeah, they gave up 54 points because the other offense was executing just as good as their offense. So um, it was a very good situation. It was a great game. Um, it was a great game. But it's not the future. The future of the NFL, the NFL will correct itself. And, you know, one of the things that I haven't seen covered and I would like to do is I, I was talking about this, you know, when, when this game, when this game ended, I was thinking about, I would like to see these high powered offenses against, against a, um, against the Ravens, against Ed Reed, uh, Ray Lewis, and that Ravens defense, you know, the 2000 Super Bowl. Um, I would love to see how these offenses would fare against that kind of a defense, that, that ball-hawking, attacking defense 
that the Ravens had. Now, I think that would be that would be something fun to talk about and something fun to kind of play around with is what what would what would happen during the during those games. Um, I think it would be interesting. So um, that that was another theory that I had. Right, now to the game. I, I I put this out there and and people people mistook what I said. Um, I, I said during the game, I said people are going to talk about Pat Mahomes. The real MVP of the Chiefs is Tyree Kill, and and that's not going to change. That that has not changed in my mind. Um, you know, and people took it as oh, you know, you know they're going to give it to the quarterback. You know the quarterback always gets. That people took it as as me giving a slight to Pat Mahomes. It's not a slight to Pat Mahomes. It's a it, it's a notification of how good and how how much Tyree Kill means to that Chiefs team. And just for the just just to put it in perspective, you look at the last six plays that the Chiefs had. When they were trailing, when they were trailing, they did not throw the ball to Tyree Kill. And what happened? Two interceptions. Two interceptions because they did not try to get their best player the ball. And you can go back and we can look. I'm sure they looked at the film already. I'm sure they pointed this out to Pat Mahomes. Pat Mahomes was throwing the ball over the middle of the field on that final drive. He threw one pass to Travis Kelsey that Kelsey dropped, and it was a good thing Kelsey dropped it because he would have been tackled and lost a lot of time. But if you watch the play, when I when I saw it off right off the snap, I said, Tyreek Hills, there's nobody. They're, they're playing off coverage on him. Just throw him the ball, get five five or six yards. They could have easily just chucked it to him, gotten five or six yards, and gotten him out of bounds. That's the kind of thing Pat Mahomes is going to have to learn. He's going to have to learn, hey, the defense is giving me five or six yards and I need a field goal. Let me take that, get out of bounds, save some time. Because eventually, just the human mindset of a defender, you keep seeing the guy get little passes, little passes, little passes. All of a sudden, you get close to field goal range, and the defense says, oh, we, we better play up. We better stop them from getting those little short passes. You, you pump fake, and you, got, and you got them on a bit, and you get a, that's how you get a big play. Um, you know, we had this conversation. I saw this conversation on one of the shows. Is Tyreek Hill the best receiver in football? The answer to that question is no. But the answer to that question is he's the most productive player in football. He's open every play. Even if you double cover him, he's open. But is he the best receiver? No. Because guys like Julio Jones, Antonio Brown, DeAndre Hopkins, they're all guys who can do who can do things a little bit differently than Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill is not going to get you can't just throw the ball up in the air and have him out jump everybody. That's not his game. His game is catch the ball and run by you. That's what Tyreek Hill is, is great at, and, and he does it better than anybody else. He gets open so well. He runs such great routes. 
gets open and gets open in space better than any receiver I have seen probably since Jerry Rice. And to bring up Jerry Rice's name with anybody um, is is just a testament to how good he is. Um, but it, it, it's that kind of thing. He'll run a, a, a dig route, and you'll see the guy will be trailing him. He'll, he'll have a guy trailing him, but he'll find the open spot and be able to just run right by people. It, it's amazing. I remember watching them against the Patriots. The Patriots double covered him, and he ran a post route that just went right by everybody. And he was double, and he was double covered. So he is a guy. He is he the best receiver? I would say no. But is he the most productive? Yes, because you can do so many different things with him um, to get him the ball. So, um, so yeah, I. So I think I think that I think we've exhausted the game a little bit. Um, you know, obviously um, the only other the other thing uh, about that game that made that game somehow it made the game interesting. But I didn't understand. Sean McVay gets the ball with about two thirty to go. Rams get the ball. And you think, all right, they're going to ice the game. They're going to give it. They have the best running back. They have the MVP of the league from last year. Well, not the MVP, the offensive player of the year from last year in their backfield. And they go three passing plays and out, take 14 seconds off the clock. I said it at the time. I said, Sean McVay channeling his inner Jason Garrett. I mean, I've seen... That that never works. When you have a monster running game, why not run the ball? If you're going to throw the ball, throw a screen pass. Throw a safe pass that the guy can stay in bounds. At least the Chiefs will use up their timeouts. It, it was I mean, It was crazy. I thought at that point, I was like, they're getting the ball back to the Chiefs. But the defense bailed them out, and uh, if they had lost that game, I would have liked to see how Sean McVay would have uh, addressed that situation because that was a, a – I mean, people can say, oh, you've got to stay aggressive. You can stay aggressive and and still not put the ball in – not get in harm's way or anything. So um, that was interesting. So that was the game – that was the, the game of the week um, last week. It was pretty much what – it lived up to everything that we wanted it to be um, for that. So that's the NFL for that week. All right, let's go to – let's stay in the NFL, and we'll finish up the NFL, and then we'll go to college, and we'll see where that takes us from there. But um, let's go to the NFL. We'll go division by division. We're at Thanksgiving. Obviously, Thanksgiving tomorrow. Um, we've got three big games tomorrow. But the NFL is now at a – the NFL is now at a situation where 
um, where we're down to we're down to the wire and we're down to play, where playoff positioning is so important. We've learned this a lot. Home field makes a big difference. Getting that bye week makes a big difference. Um, you know, and just your ability to line up your matchups is, is a big is a big difference. So let's look at the divisions and we'll just go through all the divisions and um, try to figure things out from there. Um, we'll try, we'll, we'll just try to figure out where we're going. And we'll start with the easiest one, the AFC East, uh, the Patriots at seven and three. A lot of people have been telling me, I, I just had a conversation with a couple of guys uh, right before we came on the air, um, guys asking me about, you know, who who I thought was the favorites in the AFC. Until somebody knocks the Patriots out of the playoffs, I, I, I have full confidence that the Patriots are going to run the table again. And, you know, a lot of people, you know, they're coming off a – Lost to Tennessee, that was a bad loss. Um, but at the same time, there's a lot of good in the Patriots. There's a lot of things that you like to see out of the Patriots. One, look at their ske- their schedule at the end of the season. Obviously, they play the Jets twice. They play uh, they uh, they play the Dolphins, the Bills. They they've got matchups. The AFC East is matchups that they're going to win. Um, so I'm not going to sit here and say, "Oh, the Patriots are the Patriots are doomed." No, the Patriots have a schedule that's going to get them at least at least one home game, if not at least. At, I I believe the Patriots are still going to get to that second seed. You know, they're not there now. They'll still get that second seed, I think. Um, they'll get at least the second seed, if not the overall number one. And if you have to go through Foxborough, we know Foxborough is the toughest place to go through in the playoffs. So, um, so I'm just bringing up the standings here. Just bringing up the NFL standings so that we can – have the accident. So in the AFC East, I'm not even going to waste time, um, you know, thinking about what the other teams can do. Um, the big thing will be, can the Dolphins get to a wild card? But we'll get to that. Uh, we'll get to that later on when we when we have to. But um, for the division, I would say the I would say the Patriots are prime in prime position to run away with it. Um, in that. Let's go to the AFC North. The Pittsburgh Steelers have opened up a three-game lead in the loss column over the Ravens and the Bengals. The Bengals have fallen apart. Um, uh, Two weeks ago, we had a discussion. Oh, the the Patriots... um, You know, the Bengals... Bengals, Can they show show up? Since since that, then they have uh, bitten the bit the dust the last two weeks. I mean, Lamar Jackson ran all of them. The Ravens can they can those teams catch the Steelers? I don't think so. 
So I think the AFC North, the Steelers have that one. And right now, the, right now the Steelers are the in in second place. I think um, I think the Steelers will. Um, I think they'll drop a, the Steelers will will drop a game somewhere along their schedule. They always do. They always find a way to lose some some game that doesn't um, that they shouldn't, but they end up losing it. So I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with the Steelers in that division. But I I, I do think they they are the third team in the AFC. The interesting race is, is the AFC South. Houston, I told you I liked Houston before. They, I, I liked Houston before the season. I picked them. Um, I picked them to. I picked them as the second best team in the conference at the season start. So Houston could be looking at that third seat as well. They sit at seven and three, uh, tied with the Patriots, but lose the head to head with New England. Um, you know the Colts and Titans have played very well, but you know they got to make up two games on the Houston Texans, and the Houston Texans are rolling. So I I, I see it as a tough tough bout for the Colts and the Titans to climb. I think it's a I think it's a tough mountain for them to climb to catch the Houston Texans, and so I I think Houston is on its way. Kansas, the, the AFC West is basically Kansas City and the LA Chargers. Um, the Chargers, can you really trust the Chargers in a in a in a big spot? I I, I don't think you can. Um, the the Chargers, nice team. They've beaten up on their poor schedule, the poor teams on their schedule. They haven't played well against the regular teams on their you know against winning teams on their schedule. So the Chargers will be um I think the Chargers will will get their wins, rack up rack up uh a good wild card seed, but I, I don't see them catching the Chiefs for the division. It will come down to the game they play and I want to see when they play the Chiefs next. Um so let's just take a look at it. They play the Chiefs in one, two, three. They play the Chiefs in in about four weeks. Um, that will be the game that will decide the uh, that will, I will decide the division um, for them. If they can beat the Chiefs, and, and it is at Kansas City, so you know it's going to be a tough game. Um, for the Chargers to play, but um, you know it is a Thursday night game, so we'll have to see how that plays out. Um, but anyway, um, but they also have the Steelers coming up. They have the Bengals and the Ravens, so uh, the chi- the Chargers will have a lot of say in how the AFC is is won. And uh, I think the Chargers will end up being a wild card team, uh, and they'll be they'll be the best of the wild card teams. 
but we'll see how you know we'll see how Mahomes Mahomes again first year starter. Um, you got to go back to you know this is a guy he hasn't played a full sixteen games yet. That sixteen game schedule. We'll see how run down he gets towards the end of the season. If the Chiefs stumble, they might let the Chargers back in it, but um, not at this point. Um, what is going on? What? All right, here we go. Loading up. All right, so in the AFC, I got the Patriots as division winners. I got the Steelers. I got the Texans. I got the Chiefs. And I got the Chargers as a wild card team. That last wild card spot is going to be interesting because Baltimore and Cincinnati, Baltimore, Cincinnati, Indianapolis, and Tennessee are probably going to beat each other up. Um, and whoever wins those games is going to be um, is go, is they're going to have whoever wins those games when they when those teams play each other is going to have the upper hand, but. Sitting there, right, and maybe they just beat each other up, and that might open the door for the Miami Dolphins. You think about the Dolphins; they have games against the Bills. They have the Bills and Jets still on their schedule, so they've got some easy games on their schedule. Of course, they've got New England twice. Well, they've got New England one more time, but that's in Miami, where New England. Has struggled down in Miami in their in their history. So, um, you know, if if my if Miami can just can just stay, if they can just take care of business against Buffalo and the New York Jets, they they could be a a sleeper team to go by all of the to go by the Colts, the Titans. The Ravens, the Bengals, you know, those teams might beat each other up. Well, and the Dolphins just feed off off their porous schedule, and might might be able to sneak into that final wild card spot. We saw the Bills do that last year. Um, if you had to give me a guess, I, I would take the Tennessee Titans. I think the Titans are the team to get that final wild card spot. Um, I, I even though they're, you know, even though it, it's a cluster of teams at five and five, I I like the the look of the Tennessee Titans. You know, obviously beating the Dallas Cowboys in Dallas, beating the Patriots uh, two weeks ago. The Titans are in a position where they can, if they can. Uh, if they get to the playoffs, they can be a fierce team. We saw them in the we saw them what they did in the playoffs last year. Um, so I, I would say that they are the team. If you if you had to, if you had to ask me to pick right now, they are the team I would take to get that final wild card spot. All right, let's move to the NFC, and we'll start in the NFC with kind of the. Uh, the same deal as the Patriots have in the AFC. That's what the Rams have in the NFC West. They, I think, they have that. Um, divi- they have that division locked down. The Rams will be the will will come from the NFC West. The question 
for the Rams will be, will they be able to, um, they'll be scoreboard watching with the Saints, you know, watching what the Saints do, because the Saints have a pretty tough schedule. Um, they get the Falcons, who, you know, a lot of people, all the, the, the Saints are rolling, the Falcons are coming in. Falcons are coming in desperate. The Falcons are desperate. Desperation does some funny things, but if the Saints take care of business there, then they've got uh, they've got the Dallas Cowboys later on. They've got the Carolina Panthers still on the schedule. So the Saints Saints have some have tougher games than the Rams do um, down the stretch. So I could easily see the Saints falling to the number two slot um, and the Rams getting the home field. I, I don't think it makes that much of a difference to the Saints. Well, I mean, if the Saints do end up getting that number one seed, you know in the Dome the Saints are just electric. So um, that's something that we can um, keep an eye out on and keep an eye out for as we go here. Uh, speaking of the Saints, let's go to the NFC South. Saints have a three-game lead on the Carolina Panthers. The way the Saints are playing, it would be crazy to say Carolina can catch them. Um, Carolina, I, I think Carolina is the best of the wild card teams. We'll get to them in a minute. But I think the Saints rule the day in the South. Um, Tampa Bay is a lost cause. The Atlanta Falcons are you know, fighting they may have been killed this past weekend when they lost to Dallas, but they, if they want any source of life, they have to beat the Saints uh, on Thanksgiving. That's the night game on Thanksgiving. The Falcons will need to show some life, and but I don't know. I don't know if they're gonna. I don't know. I think the Falcons. I think the Falcons are a lost cause as well. So I think it's between the Saints and the and the Panthers for the NFC South. Go to the NFC North, where the surprising Chicago Bears lead the North. Um, and I would take, I would say, I, I, I think it, it's surprising that the Bears actually lead the North. I, I, I wouldn't sleep on the Minnesota Vikings, though. I think the Minnesota Vikings, even though they lo- just lost to the Bears last week, I think the Vikings sit in a good position. Um, you know, five, four, and one. Technically, they're a game and a half behind um, Chicago. Can the Vikings come back? The question is how how many games will the Bears win? And that will center around Mitchell Trubisky. If Mitch and Mitchell Trubisky, they've said he's questionable for the game on Thanksgiving. They have the opener against the Lions. Um, if Mitchell Trubisky can't go, and the Lions and the Lions, the Lions are a team that they can sneak up on you. We've seen them sneak up on many people. Um, on many, we've seen them sneak up on many people. Um, so I would say that. So if the Bears 
if, if the Lions help the Vikings out, could could make things interesting in the NFC North if the Bears come back to the pack, if the Bears um, keep the defensive pressure up and are able to get wins without Mitchell Trubisky, the Bears will be um, – they, they might they might just get out ahead of this thing. Um, now let's move to the NFC East, where the Washington Redskins and the Dallas Cowboys will meet four o'clock. The four o'clock game on Thanksgiving. We talked about it last week. You know the Redskins and the Cowboys. This is a game again. Their last game was separated by a penalty on the snap, long snapper of the field goal team, and a hit and a and an upright that was hit. That's what separates these two teams right now. Um, of course, Washington going in without Alex Smith, um, going in without Alex Smith. They'll have Colt McCoy at quarterback. Um, Dallas ha- has looked much better. The last two weeks, um, it looks like they have life right now. So I, I'm going to say that the Cowboys, you know, I do like the Cowboys in this game just because, A, it's Thanksgiving, it's at home. I know the history of the Washington Redskins on Thanksgiving. Um, it's not very good. Um, you know, they're going in with with Colt McCoy um, in, in his first – Colt McCoy is not going to shy away from this. He's played in that stadium. He's a Texas kid. Um, he's not going to shy away from the big moment. So I'm not too worried about him. I'm not too worried about uh, – I, I just think the cow, the way the Cowboys are playing right now, um, I, I, I like the Cowboys there. I, I, I think the Cowboys are the favorite in the division right now because if they beat the Redskins, they have the same record – um, Washington will still have some of the tiebreakers over the Cowboys, but um, you know, again, they're they have a backup quarterback, and um, you know, until I see Colt McCoy go out and tear it up, I I, I have to I, I have to be skeptical of it. Um, going into that game, the Eagles. They're only two games back, and they play Washington twice, and they have a game against the Cowboys. So the Eagles are not finished. They need to take care of business against the Giants. And who would have thought we were saying that This you know, at this point, that the Eagles need to beat the Giants or their season is going to be – or they might just be too far back to catch up. But that's where the Eagles sit right now, um, and and that's where we go from there. The wild card, as far as the wild card goes, we have Carolina at six and four, Minnesota at five four and one, Seattle at five and five, Dallas at five and five. Like I said, I think Dallas is going to win the division, so. I th- that'll take them out of the wild card. I think Carolina will get one of the wild cards. And I-, I think it will be, and like I said, I think the Vikings will eventually catch the Bears um, in the division. So that'll take the Vikings out of the wild card. I think it'll be the Bears. I think the the Bears 
with a seven and three record right now, I think they will be able to get themselves to that wild card. Uh, I think it'll come down to tiebreakers between them and the Washington Redskins. Um, I think it'll be close, but I think I think it's if I if I had to pick right now, I would take the Bears to be wild card. If it was just the teams that are in it right now, I would take the Vikings to make the wild that final wild card game. But um. That's where I think the NFL is at at this moment. All right, we got a caller here, so let's take the call. Hey, what's going on, Fit Down Sports Show? Hey, Chris, it's uh, Lou. Hey, what's going on, Lou? Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you. Just about to say the same to you. Anyway, uh, <laughs> you were just mentioning about the Bears. I mean, now the Bears have a little bit of trouble because uh, Taberski. Uh, is likely to be out for tomorrow with the uh, shoulder injuries. So does that change any perspective on uh, maybe uh, making the run towards the uh, postseason? Well, as far as the postseason, I'd have to see how long Trubisky will be out. Um, I, I said it uh, a little. I said it when I when I was presenting what the Bears are. Um, I think I think if he's if he's not in there. This game, it's tough with the Lions. The Lions are such an up-and-down team. If the Lions are able to get them, I, I th- which I think they, I think the Lions would have been able to get them anyway, um, okay. even with Trubisky, I, I, I'm tempted to take the Lions anyway in that game. Right. So it doesn't swing things for me in that respect. But it, when you start looking at, where they are, I think the I was just saying this. I think the Vikings are going to somehow come out of that division as the division winner. So that leaves the Bears in a wild card scenario, and in the wild card picture, you know, obviously, I, I just said I got the Cowboys winning that division. So if you look at the teams that they're in, in battle with. You look at the teams that they're battling for that final wild card spot. It's um, Seattle, who's five and five, so they've got a tough road to get to the playoffs because they've got to go through the Rams. They've got to go through. I believe they have the Saints still on the schedule. So yes, you know Seattle's oh, got a but, lot. Um, where is it? Where to is the Eagles in all this mess? Because they're struggling right now. I mean from their Super Bowl hangover season they've been having. Yeah, the 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 Eagles sit in a spot where right now, and who would have thought we would say this, they have to beat the Giants this weekend. Mm-hmm. But they also, the, the Eagles are not out of the woods. You know, they're not, they're not out of the woods yet. No. no if you think, if the Cowboys... It all it all comes down the NFC East comes down to four o'clock on Thanksgiving. Cowboys Redskins will tell us what needs to happen in that division. Yes. If the Redskins if the Redskins win, then the, then you know they'll have two games up on the Cowboys, and the Eagles will be in play. If the Cowboys win. Mm-hmm. The Eagles have two games against the Redskins. 
They have a game against the Cowboys. So if they if the Eagles take care of their business in the division, they can get back into this. But they're you know, as far as as far as do I do I think all of that's gonna happen, I I just don't I just don't see enough of that happening. Yeah. But it it all comes down it can all come crashing down for the see that's why I think it's open it's an open door for the Cowboys. The Cowboys, you know, they're getting Colt McCoy exactly. in his first real action, his first real start. So I, that's why I'm tempted to take the Cowboys in that game. And then you look at what the Cowboys have left on their schedule after that. I think they play the they play the Saints, the Eagles, the Saints and the Eagles, and then they get the Colts and Colts, Tampa Bay, and. Uh, and the Giants to end the season. So if the Cowboys win on on Thanksgiving, they only have to win one. Of, if they win one of those Eagles or Saints games, they're in a position where they can run run the table. Those final three, those final three are are not going to be barn burners by any means necessary. So the Cowboys have the schedule that opens up, while the Eagles. The Eagles will still have a lot of work to do, but you can't count them out because they have the head-to-head matchups with the guys in front of them. So, but they need to they need to work on themselves. For I have some Eagles fans that listen to the show, um, and they like when I pick against the Eagles, but I, I'm not doing that at this point. The Eagles have right. to find whatever it is that's wrong with them. If they fix what's wrong with them, they can be they can be a team that takes that that takes it to the next level. I just don't think they can get to a wild card though. I think they have to win the division. I don't think they I think they're too far back in the wild card because they're three mm, games out in the wild card. Scenario. They're three games out in the wild card, and it's just the math just does not add up. Yeah, for them. yeah. But never count them out. That's. We can't count them out no, yet until they're mathematically eliminated. We can't count them out yet. No, especially since they're the Super Bowl champions. Exactly. And you never count them out. So, you never count the defending champions out. So, Lou, I'm, I'm glad I'm glad you called in because I want to switch gears for a minute for a minute from football. How about the second place team in the Metropolitan in hockey, huh? Uh, would that be the Blue Shirts? That would be. That would be yes, the Yonkers right now, four to nothing. Ah. Are they, they're up four nothing, or they're losing four? Yes, they're up four nothing against the Islanders. Good. Ah. Yeah. There, there, there you go. That they. Uh, I, I was I was having a conversation with somebody uh, yesterday. Um, Rangers, hottest team in hockey right now, eight and one, yeah. eight one and one in their last ten. I, they're, mm-hmm. they're, it, maybe this, maybe this coach, you know, they're starting to gel with this coach. So yeah, I, I, I like where they're headed. I mean, you know, a few weeks ago, back before uh, we had November, uh, they were in last place. But then again, first and last place at that point wasn't very far. It was only like separated by four points as the Islanders had the lead. 
So, like, yeah, it was a little bit, you know, on the downward side, but at the same time, they were far from being out, and the Devils were running along. But now that we're into uh, mid-November, it's been reversed. The Devils uh, defensively have done very poorly and are losing, and the Rangers are up on the rise. That's right. It's been hopefully uh, it's it's been it's been an up and down. Hopefully now that they're up now that they're up they'll stay up. But um, you never know with the young. You never know with the young. They're they're so young. Yeah, it's true. I think at this I think at this point like they just don't know. Like they don't know how good they're playing. Right. So they just keep playing the same. You know. So they they keep playing the same way. Um, yes. I, I think I think their youth is actually helping them because they don't know any other way to play. Um, the the question will be when this run because this run won't stay won't they won't keep this up forever. Um, the question yep. will be when this run stops and you know they lose three out of five games. How will what will happen? Will they go in the tank, or will they, you know, be able to find some, you know, revert back to uh, what they're doing? But they're I doing a good job. Right? I don't think we'll see the same as they did last year, which was which was which was an absolute joke. No, I don't think so. Well, and plus, plus they'll ride they'll ride it out. They won't try to. That's another question that the Rangers will have to answer. Because they weren't prepared for the, you know, this wasn't part of the plan to be this good, this fast, you know, when when the trade deadline comes around and waivers list comes around, will the Rangers make moves to improve the team or will they stay pat? That will be another thing that that we'll have to keep an eye on. And I'm keeping my eye on it. I I I'm I'm enjoying every minute of it. So am I. I just I just I just find I just find it I just find it amusing that uh Kim and Rob haven't had their show while the Rangers I told Kim this the other day. I, I asked her if she was doing a show and she said no because of the you know, the craziness of the holidays. Um they were they were gonna take a break. They were going to yeah, take a break. So I was trying to dial them in last night, and they still uh, weren't on. They weren't on uh, last week either. So I'm hoping they get back soon. And I told her. Well, I told her. I said. I said. I said. I know what you guys. You guys are just waiting for the Rangers to cool off. So I have. So I can't uh-huh. call in and gloat. <laughs> that's oh, that's, yeah. that's, that's what I think. That's where okay. I think it's going. You know, they, they don't. They don't want to hear. They don't want to hear too much Rangers talk on on there. No. <laughs> But um, and well, Lou, how about that game in the Bronx on Saturday? You mean Notre Dame? I think the the Irish. I I think the Irish got their got the win that they needed. They they yes, got they the did. win to prove themselves. I expected better though. I expected more of a fight from Syracuse, but they didn't get it. They just they just you know looked horrible. Well. It, it 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 was it was tough because Eric Dungey went down late in the first quarter. Uh, uh, you know, once, yeah, okay. once they lost their quarter, I mean, he was basically their reason for staying in the game. 
if, if they were going to make any push, it was going to be because Eric Dungy did something special. When he went down with injury, I kind of knew, all right, there, you know, Notre Dame is, is going to run away with this. And, but even when Eric Dungy was in, Notre Dame was just, they were just, they were, they, they were ready to play. And they, they, they approached it with, with, in the way of saying, all right, we need to make a statement in this game. This is our last game to make a statement. And I think they did the best. I think they pretty much secured themselves a playoff spot. Hmm. With that, with that win, I mean, they got US. They get USC uh, Saturday uh, night. Now hold on a second. He, they've always had trouble against USC, especially on their turf. So uh, that yeah, might be but, that might be the roadblock uh, that prevents them from getting to the final game, uh, to the championship game. And of course, uh, if Michigan can beat Ohio State, that could also make things a bit interesting as well. I, I think I, I don't know how the committee would react to a Notre to a Notre Dame loss to USC. I don't know how the committee would react to that. Oh, I think I would know. I I because I could make the argument. I mean, as a Notre Dame fan that I am. I say I'm a fan. I, I don't, I'm not a fan. I just watch. I watch them more than I watch other people. I am a um, fan of Notre Dame, but the thing is, that I, I actually took USC this week over Notre Dame because I know the history that these two teams have with each other, especially when they play on the West Coast. Yeah, I think this game is going to be. I, 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 I think I think this game is going to be a. I think Notre Dame is going to come out and just absolutely. I, I don't trust this USC team. Uh, this is not your typical USC. This is a game where USC is pretty much fighting for their life. Um, for their life. USC, USC, USC. If they lose the game, they don't even go to a bowl. Uh, yeah. I mean, how long have we said that? Where USC does not go to a bowl game? I mean, not since the days of Lane Kiffin. And if they don't make it to a bowl game, their coach may be out. Their coach may, yeah, may be I'm out on the street. So. They may not even take them home from the game. They might just, you know, they've done that to Lane Kiffin where they fired him on the tarmac. They might, may, they might just not even let him back in the locker room. Just say leave the building because, um, That's which is cruel, an amazing thing because they're coming off two straight Rose Bowl. Appearances and they're um, and you're looking at them and and saying, oh, the the coach may be you know, coach may be fired after after one one bad season. I, I it, it, it's a possibility, but it could be crazy. But like you said, USC Notre Dame does have a history of the bat, you know the 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 team that's not the underdog team in that game always has a fight. So they always put up a fighting chance. So it'll be interesting to see that game. But like I said, it it would be good for this show. It would be good for my show and for a lot of other shows out there for media. If Notre Dame does lose 
to make the case for Notre Dame. I mean, I even think if they lose to USC, you can still build the case for Notre Dame to be the fourth team because mm-hmm. they do have that head-to-head. It all comes down to how they how people view that head-to-head game with Michigan, and it comes down to who who that fourth team is. But if it's if it's Michigan, and you're sitting there and people are going to argue, oh, Michigan's a different team now. Well, it, it'll give, just give us a lot to talk about, but I don't see it happening. I think Notre Dame is going to take care of business on Saturday. Mm, I hope you're right, This, does, but this does still worry me a bit. You know, they always should, too. Um, yes. You know, uh, USC, it's a rival. Any team that's playing in a rivalry game should be on upset alert. Um, even the Alabama, even the the yeah. Great Crimson Tide. Oh, even yeah. though they're playing a down Auburn team, this is the Iron Bowl. It's it, it's a rivalry game. It, it's you you know anything can happen in a rivalry game. So, case in point, twenty uh, twenty third uh, was it twenty fourteen if I'm not mistaken. Are you talking about the the, the kick six? Exactly. When they ran the when they ran the uh, the the missed field goal back. Exactly. It it happens. It 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 happens in rivalry games. We've seen it too many times to where rivalry games just make make teams play differently. And but again, we'll see. Um, yeah. All right, Lou. I'm gonna uh, I'm I'm gonna get I'm gonna get going here. Because I want to do my I want to do my predictions and wrap up the show. So, um, hey, uh, we thank you for calling in and have a happy and wonderful Thanksgiving. Enjoy it with the family. Uh, Thanks. And you know we'll be back next week to talk about all all the football from from the uh, from, from the weekend. So we'll look forward right, to hearing you next week. All right, Luke? All right, all right, time. all right. Have a good one. All right, so Lou from Jersey giving us a call, checking in with us. We'd like to talk with Lou about about the NFL, about college. Since we started on Notre Dame and we're into the second hour here of the show, let's get into the college football. And what I want to get into in college football is let's – I want to do this a little bit differently because I want to talk about the um, the college football rankings. And people will be surprised at my rankings this week because I have a much different outlook on what happened this weekend. Um, the news of the day in the college football rankings is UCF cracks the top 10. Um so finally, it's amazing how that happens. How suddenly game day shows up at UCF. UCF played probably their best game of the year um, against Cincinnati, um, and that's the team I've. That's the team I've, I'm used to seeing. You know, in the last 
few weeks that people have been paying attention, when people started paying attention to UCF was Memphis. People watched it and said, "Oh, how you know that's that this this team this team can't hang with anybody." That's not the UCF I was used to seeing. Temple, not the UCF I was used to seeing. The UCF I'm used to seeing, and I was I I have and why I've been preaching them as. Yes, I've seen them play, and I believe that they are. I had them at seventh at, as the seventh best team in the in the country. That was the team that I saw play against Cincinnati. That's the team I've been seeing all year. That's the team. You know, the defense was getting after it. The offense was quick striking. The they they just did they did everything and did enough to. Um, they just did did enough to to make make everybody um, everybody start paying attention to them, and couple that with Ohio State struggling at Maryland, which I told you last week. It was one of my predictions that I actually got in was that Maryland would give Ohio State a game. Now I did not expect it to go to overtime. I did not expect Matt Canada to you know. Go for two and miss the miss the two, but um, miss the chance to win. But we go from there, and then West Virginia losing to uh, Oklahoma State. I did pick that one as well. I I picked Oklahoma State because I knew at home the 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 mullet would have something for them, so. All right. What we're going to do is we're just going to go the top. We're just going to go through the top guys, and and I'm just going to start at the top, and and we're going to go through who has a shot at the, you know, what their path is. We'll talk about the path, paths to a championship. That's what we'll call this segment. We'll call this segment Paths to a Championship. And... We'll start in Tuscaloosa in Alabama. We all know the road that they have. They got the Iron Bowl uh, against Auburn, and they got the SEC championship game. If they win those, they're in. If they lose one of those games, they're still in. I don't think there's any way that Alabama will drop um, – If they have one loss, they're going to be the best one-loss team. And you know, if they if they lose to Auburn but they beat Georgia, they'll make it into the they'll make it into the college football playoff. That's just that that's how it's going to play out. Um, I don't know um, what else people think is going to happen, but if Alabama does somehow. If they beat Auburn and they lose to Georgia, I still think they get in. I still think they sneak in as the four seed um, for that. So, all right, here we go. Clemson. Clemson has South Carolina and then Pittsburgh in the ACC championship game. Not much in their way. They're they're gonna they're gonna take that. To the bank, I think. Um, 
So that gives them the run the table. We talked about Notre Dame. They got USC, a down USC program. But as Lou said, being a, a longtime Notre Dame fan, you know the Irish and the Trojans. They put together good games. It doesn't matter the records. It's a rivalry. Um, so we'll see how they do out west. Michigan. Now, Michigan is four, fourth right now in the um, in, in the committee's poll. Again, I have Georgia. I have Georgia in this spot. I, I, I haven't seen anything that, that would knock Georgia from that spot. Um, they have Georgia Tech and then Alabama in the SEC championship game. Georgia has to win out. That's the only way they get in. If they lose, even if it's close to Alabama, if they lose that game, they're out. Okay? They lose that game, they're out of the running. I believe. All right, so let's go to Michigan. Michigan, with Ohio State and the Big Ten champ, if they win against Ohio State, they have the Big Ten championship. I think they can make. I think they can make. Um, they would be the team sitting there, hoping that Georgia loses, because then. If they then if they take care of business in the Big Ten, then we're looking at um, we're looking at Michigan at Michigan as, as that force as that force. And if Alabama were to lose, see if Alabama were to lose to Georgia, it would make things interesting because you'd have Alabama against Michigan. Who is the better team? In that scenario, that's the interesting scenario to me, is if Alabama loses to Georgia, where do they fall in ranks to Michigan? And to me, it would come down to how high you put Georgia up. And let me just set this up real quick. If Georgia beats Alabama, let's say Georgia's at Let's say the rankings are the way they are. So Georgia's at five. If they beat Alabama, they're probably going to move up to three. Would they move up to two or three? That would be the question. Because would Notre Dame go up to number two and Georgia slide in at three, or would Georgia jump all the way up to two? That would be imp- the only reason that would be important is obviously it's not important because we know two is going to play three. Where it would become important is between Michigan and Alabama. Because then you would say, all right, Michigan's got one loss, and their one loss was to Notre Dame. If Notre Dame's three and Georgia's two, you would say, well, Alabama's got the better loss because they lost to number two Georgia. If Notre Dame is if it's flipped, then Michigan would be able to say, hey, we lost to the second-best team in the country. We should be able, you know, we have one loss, too. We should make it in. So that would make it a very interesting um, discussion for 
our get for for where where everything is at. But that's so we talked about Michigan, we talked about Georgia. I think Oklahoma, Oklahoma. I said a couple weeks ago, I thought Oklahoma was in the best position. I think their defense has played themselves out of the playoff already. I don't really think it matters what happens. I think they would need some mass chaos to happen. They would need Michigan to lose to Ohio State or Northwestern. Um, And then they would need Georgia to lose to Alabama. And that might save Oklahoma with that defense. They gave up 40 points to, to, to Kansas. That's, that's, that's a disaster for Oklahoma. The good news is they scored like 50, 55 or something like that. But I think the committee would look at them in, in, a, in a matchup between – in a matchup, if everything is, is equal – between Michigan and Oklahoma, where they have the same record, both are conference champions. Michigan's going to get the edge because of the way that defense, the way that Oklahoma defense plays. They're they're going to be shooting themselves down. The committee still has LSU at seven. I don't know how. I don't know how they got LSU at seven. It doesn't make any sense to me. But LSU has no path to um, anywhere but. They will play in a New York in a New Year's Six game as long as they beat um, as long as they beat Texas A and M as long as they beat Texas A and M on I think it's Friday I think that game is on Friday but I'm not sure um, I'm not sure of when that game takes place. Uh, LSU, I'm just looking for it. No, it's Saturday night. Saturday night, they play in College Station, which we know is a tough place to play. If LSU uh, can get by that game, they're going to a New Year's Six game, probably the Sugar Bowl, um, but they'll go to, to some game um, at, as an at-large bid. My number seven team, and this is the shocking point of the uh, program, you know how much I love UCF. I cannot look past. Oh, I did something. I hit something. Whoops. Ow, it doesn't want to shut me in. Jesus Christ, go back. Back. Come on, computer. You can do it. I don't care about all this. Okay. Um, this is the shocking point of the show. Um, I had a little dramatic pause in there. You guys know what I. You know I love UCF. You know what I have been on their bandwagon. I'm still on their bandwagon. But what Washington State did to Arizona on Saturday was impressive. And I cannot overlook that um, at all. 
69 to 28. And and they pulled back in the second half. They were up 50 they got 55 points in the first half. Um against Arizona. So I've got Washington State at 7 and I've got UCF. I dropped UCF this week. Um even though I thought UCF played a great game, I I have to give it up to um Washington State. I have to I have to give them their credit credit for what they did uh and and how they looked against um for how they looked against Arizona on Saturday. I have to give them the nod plus the fact that it, it really doesn't make a difference because if if Washington State beats Washington goes to the Pac-12 title game. But if Washington State were if Washington State beats Washington on Friday in the Apple Cup um I will tell you right now they would jump they would jump you they would have jumped UCF anyway. So I kind of just jumped the gun here and did it uh did it a little bit early. But um yeah. Washington State's road to the playoff is pretty much mass chaos. They need a mass chaos theory. They need a mass chaos theory of Alabama, Clemson, or Notre Dame, one of those teams losing. They need Michigan to lose. They would probably rather have Michigan lose to Northwestern in the in the Big Ten Championship. They would need Alabama to beat Georgia, and they would need Oklahoma to to lose. For them to jump all of those teams, that's a that's asking a lot to happen. But it's not impossible. Washington State, it's not impossible. They can do it. And um, is there anybody better than the Pirate? I mean, is there anybody better? Then Washington State, um, then Washington State head coach Mike Leach. I mean, the pirate is awesome. He is the best interview in sports. He is, um, he's just fun to listen to. Fun. He, he has fun with the with with the media. He has fun uh, while he's while he's coaching the game, and you can see that in him. And I, I, I've always been a fan of Mike Leach, um, despite what other people have said about him. I've never been that guy. So, I believe in Mike Leach, and we go from there. Number eight on my list, and number nine is you on this list is UCF. UCF, do they have a path? They went through. We went through a lot of scenarios. They need a lot of chaos as well, and they need a lot of chaos to actually get there. They would need Michigan. They would need Michigan to lose probably the big – they would need Northwestern to win the Big Ten Championship. It doesn't matter who it's against. They they just need Northwestern to win that game. They would probably need Pitt to beat Clemson. 
West Virginia to beat Oklahoma. Uh, not even. They would probably need Texas to beat Oklahoma in the Big 12 championship, knock them out of the race. Washington or Utah to beat Washington State, knock them out of the race. All of this happening while getting, I think, you know, the biggest game of the weekend. One of the biggest games is Houston against, um, is Houston at Memphis. I think it's a, I, that's a big game. That'll decide who is going to play UCF in the American Conference Championship. And I think Houston. I I I got I got to see what Houston, what team Houston has on the field. If Oliver is on the field, Houston wins that game. If he's out, then Memphis is going to win that game. And if you get a rematch, Memphis against UCF in the title game, we saw last year it was a shootout. It was a shootout this year in Memphis. Um. It wasn't a shootout, but it was a 31-30 game. So I would say that I would take, you know, so I would say they they probably want Houston, uh, UCF. They probably want Houston in that game um, from a marketing standpoint and for how to um, go about picking the games, they probably Houston's probably the better matchup for them as far as getting um, views and stuff. But I really don't think there there's much of a path for them to get up to the top four. Um, they would need a lot of chaos to happen in front of them, um, and away we go. Can Ohio State get there from the ten spot? They would need to beat Michigan beat Northwestern, and they would need Oklahoma and Washington State to lose, then you're then you're looking at Ohio State possibly sneaking into that four spot. So Ohio State is not dead yet, and those are your ten teams that are – those are your nine teams that are in the running. I don't think LSU is even close to being in the running. They're not – I don't think they can get there. Um, but that's how we do that. So, all right. All right. Speaking of big games, let's make the big game picks and let's go. Let's go to the picks. We'll start in the NFL and we'll start. In the NFL on Thursday, on Thursday, Thanksgiving Day. Just checking to see if we had, just making sure we didn't have anybody on hold, which we don't. So let's go to the to the pick. Bears at the Lions without Mitchell Trubisky. I'm going to take the Lions. I'd probably take the Lions anyway. Even with the four and a half, if the Bears do win this game, um, I think it'll be a field goal game. I would say something like a um, – if the Bears win, I think it'll be something like uh, a 2017 
But I see this game as a 24-20 Lions win. Washington at Dallas. Dallas is a seven and a half point favorite. I don't think Dallas is going to get that. I think Dallas wins the game. I don't think it's by a touchdown or more though. I think I think this game is kept close. I'm going to take I'm going to take Dallas, but I'm going to I'm going to take Dallas kind of in the same vein. But I'm going to I'm going to take Dallas 21 21-17 over the Washington Redskins. Atlanta at New Orleans, New Orleans 13 and a half point favorites. I said desperation does some crazy things. I think I think the Saints beat the Falcons, not by the 13 and a half though. I think Atlanta keeps it close. Um, I'm going to say 35-27. All right. Jaguars at the Buffalo Bills. Who knows what Jaguars team is going to show up. But I'm going to take them over the Bills because I just don't trust the Bills at all. Um, I'll take the Jags and three and a half point favorites for the Bills. I'll still take the Jags. I'll still take the Jags and we'll say um, 23-13. Cleveland at Cincinnati. Cincinnati's been on a slide. I think this is where they get off the, get off the slide. Three and a half point favorites at home. I think they win by a touchdown, 27-20. Oakland at Baltimore. Lamar Jackson starting again. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go the upset round with this. I would take Oakland in this, um, and I think Oakland wins it outright. I, I don't think Lamar Jackson's gonna be able to run around like a crazy person like he did last week. Oakland will be ready for it. Oakland will be ready for it. They end up winning the game 17-13. New England at at the Jets. This is New England New England all day. Um, even though the Jets are nine and a half points at home. At home, I still think it's New England. I'll take New England. New England 38, Jets 17. Giants at Eagles. We talked about Eagles are desperate here. Eagles in desperation, six and a half point home favorites for the Eagles. I'll take the I'll take the Eagles and the six and a half. I think they beat the Giants. I'll take it 24-13 over the Giants. San Francisco at Tampa Bay. Um, a lot of turmoil in this game. This is a game basically for draft positioning. Um, oh, we lost the page. There we go. Out of the way. All right, here we go. San Francisco at Tampa Bay. I'm going to take Tampa Bay just because they're at home, even though they're, they're home three and a half points. I'm 
I'm tempted here. I'm tempted here to take the 49ers on the road, but I'll take Tampa Bay just because they're at home uh, to pull it out 24-20. The Seattle Seahawks. The Seattle Seahawks. Um, Seattle Seahawks at or my at Carolina. This is probably the toughest game to pick. And I'm all Carolina three and a half point favorites at home. I'm gonna take Carolina twenty-seven, Seattle twenty-three. Carolina wins it and squeaks it just squeaks just by. Cardinals Chargers no no thought process here. Chargers win big. Uh, Arizona can't hang with them. Um, the Chargers should be able to put up 31. I'll say, I'll say 31-17. Um, Chargers. Pittsburgh at Denver. I'll take Pittsburgh all day in this one. Uh, even though the Broncos are three and a half point home underdogs, still take Pittsburgh, and I, I think it's not even close. I think Pittsburgh wipes the floor with them. Um, I'll take Pittsburgh 30, 38, 38, 14. Miami at, Miami at Indianapolis. Interesting game here. Both teams five and five. This could be a game that we look at later on in the season and say, wait a minute, you know, this, it could have playoff implications. The Colts are nine-and-a-half-point favorites, but I'm going to take the Dolphins in this one. Even though Andrew Luck has played so well, um, now it's crunch time. Now it's time to see how this team uh, – it'll be interesting to see how this team keeps going. Um, so I'm going to go – I'm going to take the Dolphins. I think the Dolphins win a close one, um, 23-20. Packers at the Vikings. The, the Packers are either going to save their season right now or the Vikings are going to um, get, you know, if the, I said the Vikings are going to get back into the race. They would have to do that against the Packers here. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the Vikings 27 27-23 over the Green Bay Packers. Titans at Texans. I'm gonna take the Texans here. Um, six and a half point home. Uh, six and a half points at home. Uh, for Houston to get the cover, so. For Houston to win, they'd have to hit the win by seven or more. I think I think they do. I'm going to take Houston 23, Titans 13, 23-13 Houston in that one. So let's just write it in so that we can keep track of all of our stuff. And we'll save the picks there, and we'll head over to college. Um... 
submit the picks. Done and done. All right. Let's move on to college where we start on Friday. UCF UCF at South Florida. It's a 14-point uh, 14. It, it came down from 14 and a half. I'll take it at the 14 and a half. I'll still take UCF. I think they win this game um, over South Florida. I think they win big. The guy I'm going to be watching in this game, though, is Blake Barnett. I've mentioned him before, the quarterback for South Florida. I liked him the first time I saw him. Uh, this will be a good chance to see him again, uh, see him against a traditional, um, you know, against UCF in a traditional game. Can he, can he um, navigate that defense? That'll be interesting because Blake Barnett will be a an interesting discussion when we come to NFL draft time about quarterbacks. So he'll be an interesting watch in this game. I want to see Mackenzie Milton and I want to see Blake Barnett, the quarterbacks in this game. Will be interesting to watch. Oklahoma at West Virginia. West Virginia home underdogs. I'm going to take Oklahoma. Um, I'm going to take Oklahoma, but this game, I wouldn't. I wouldn't touch this game. The only thing I would do with this game is bet the over. Whatever this. The over is on this game. It's probably like eighty something points because that that's probably where this game is going to be, and it's going to end up somewhere in the. I'll just say it: the same score as the NFL game, fifty-four, fifty-one. Oklahoma wins it. The Apple Cup, Washington State at home against the Huskies. This will be a tough test. Um, but I think Washington State is able to pull it out. I'll take Washington State 27, Washington 23. Let's keep going down the list here. And though that's Friday. Though all those games are Friday. UCF, Oklahoma, Washington State, all on Friday. Now Saturday. Saturday we kick off right at noon with... With Michigan at Ohio State, Michigan fans like my boy Ben, look, Ben, I've picked against them all year, so you should be happy that I'm going to pick against them. I'm still, I've been saying this, I'm waiting for Jim Harbaugh to take that next step. This is the next step. He's, he's gotten, he's taken two steps. This is the next step up is beating Ohio State and winning the Big Ten uh, Big Ten East. It's in Columbus. That'll be an interesting, dis, um, you know, be a tough spot. We've seen Ohio State. They've played good. They've played garbage the last basically month of the season. Can they get back on track? I'm going to take Ohio State just because I don't trust Michigan enough. Um, I'm going to take Ohio State to win. And with them being a home dog, it, it doesn't really matter. But I also think, I think if for Ohio State to win this game, it's got to be a, it's going to be a close game. If Michigan wins this game, it's going to be a blowout. 
So either way, you're going to bet if you if you like Michigan, you're going to take them. You're going to take them in the game because they're going to either blow out Ohio State or lose a close one. That's the way I see this game playing out. Georgia, Georgia Tech at Georgia. I, I don't think this is even a question. I think Georgia rolls over Georgia Tech. Um, so there we go with that. Pittsburgh at Miami. I'm going to take Miami in this one. Uh, Pittsburgh's got everything wrapped up. Um, I think Miami is playing for their pride right now, and they've got to take that one. Okay. Let's keep going down the list here. Um, Let's just see how much time we have left. About nine minutes. So let's continue with the games. The Iron Bowl, Saturday afternoon, 3.30, Alabama, Auburn at Alabama. Alabama, 24.5-point favorites over Auburn. It sounds crazy, but it's really not. I'm taking Alabama in this one. And I'm going to take Alabama. Alabama 35, Auburn, Auburn 7. I'll give Auburn 7 points. Clemson, uh, South Carolina at Clemson. Can South Carolina keep it between the 26 and a half? I believe that they can. I believe that they can. I think they score enough to keep that game within the 26 and a half point spread. Um but Clemson is too much for them. I'm going to say Clemson 43, South Carolina 27. LSU at Texas A&M. LSU, this is the, the craziest thing. LSU is the number seven team in the country. Texas A&M is un is unranked in some poll. In this poll, they are unranked. Let me see where they really are, because I thought Texas A&M was ranked. Let me see. Yeah, Texas A&M is 22 in the college football playoff poll. They are unranked in the in the uh, AP in the AP top 25, and in the coaches poll. And in the coaches' poll, they are unranked. Yes. Yes, that is correct. They are unranked. So, that being said, that being said, I will go with, um, it's funny that LSU is the seventh or in the AP, they're ranked eighth, and they're the underdogs against Texas A&M. But I think it's right. I think Texas A&M is able to get on top of LSU. I'm going to take the Aggies. I'm going to take the Aggies. Aggies win. Aggies win 27-23, covering the number. Notre Dame at USC. I think Notre Dame gets them er, gets on them early and often. Um, I'm going to take Notre Dame 30, 
UFC 17. Um, last but not least, the big game, the big game in the Mountain West Conference, Boise State, Utah State at Boise State. Even though Utah State is the higher ranked team going into the blue turf, I've said this before, I say it every time they play on the blue turf. Boise's tough to play there. I'll take Boise State and the two and a half points. And I'll take Boise State 30, Utah State 27. All right, so we had a good, we had a great show. Um, again, Again, let us say to you and yours this weekend, happy Thanksgiving. Thank you for spending some time with us, whether you're listening to us live, whether you downloaded us and you're listening to us later on. Uh, Hopefully you're enjoying some of the football this weekend. Again, for those of you out there, we are playing. I am playing a charity game tomorrow, Guilford High School Thanksgiving morning. Um, again, we got we got the charity set up. We got we got the scholarship set up um, for for our boy Tommy. Um, it'll be a it'll be it'll be a fun time. It'll be a tough game um, because it, a lot of the, a lot of those memories will come back, you know, um, and but it'll be nice to do things, you know, do something normal and, um, you know, live it up that way. And I'm, I'm glad Ryan started the, uh, the scholarship here. So that'll be fun to deal with. And we will, um, we'll have a lot more to talk about next week. We'll talk about it. We'll hopefully have some, uh, some stuff to, uh, put on the website and some of the game, you know, some of the games, game uh, situations to play. Again, if you're in the uh, Connecticut area, you want to play some football in the morning, show up at Guilford High School at 9 o'clock in the morning. Um, get there get there between 9, 9.30. We usually don't start till about quarter of 10. By the time everybody wakes up, we pick teams and whatever. So anytime you get there, you get there. We're, if we're still there, we'll throw you in. If you're there for something else and – you know, you just happen to be there. We'll throw you in the game as well. We've done that before. Um, so, but uh, from all of us here at the Fit Down Sports Show, and I speak, I'll, I'll speak for um, here at Radio AFS um, to all of your, the families, out, to all of you and your your family and friends out there. Have a have a safe. Uh, uh, have a fun holiday weekend. Enjoy all the football from Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. It's going to be a five-day feast. Um, and I hope uh, I hope you guys uh, enjoy it as much as I know I will. And we'll be back here next week to break it all down and not only break down what happened, but move the story forward um, and all that. So, All right, that's the end of our show for tonight. Have a good night, guys, and have a great holiday weekend.